Truth Hurts Radio, Phoenix here. Today is 420 and it's a solar eclipse on 420 and it's an important day. Don't ask me how yet, I'm not sure, but it is. As much as um, I don't, I, I, I don't want to do, do anything today. Because I just, it's a day of rest and um, shadow work, I would say. I'm going to do this episode because um, my spirit team is like asking me to do this episode. And when I don't do something my spirit team is asking me to do, I get more tired and more drained. So I have to put this episode out and I'm going to be talking about... Um, the emancipation, the emancipation proclamation, civil rights, Malcolm X, um, law and Islam. So if you don't want to listen to anything, um, concerning those topics, just turn this off right now and tune in another day. This is what I'm going to be talking about. Okay, so for those who don't uh, know me uh, that well, I am, uh, you know, I was born from India. I was born from India. I was born in India, whatever, uh, in an Islamic background. And I'm not, uh, it was in uh, Cambay, India, to be specific. I was, I'm not in, I'm not from India and my religion is not Hindu. My back, my family's background, religion is Islam. So I'm Muslim from India. Okay, that is the first part. So although um, I'm not so uh, religious, and uh that happened over the years when i was younger i you know was very religious um but i grew out of it um and those are i have reasons for that but um islam has always been a religion of uh truth for me and knowledge um and uh real realness and truth okay so if any time i'm i'm looking into any religions it's to find out the truth within all those religions you know um and from islam i uh you know it's just been about um truth for me um i mean the fact is that um in America, Islam there is a thing called Islamophobia, and um, there is a agenda for Islamophobia in America. There's over 105 million um, dollars and um, propaganda put in to um, deter people from Islam and knowing Islam. So they put in advertisements, propaganda, and just like Black Lives Matter is funded to break up uh, families. Um, there's uh, Islamic Islamophobia propaganda for years and years and years now that um, keep you away from Islam. 
and knowing about uh, uh, the the law of Islam, you know. Okay, so um, that's that. I want to talk about the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, okay, so Peter Lee, who may have been illegally enslaved as a young man by Stephen's family in Hoboken, New Jersey, and Lockie White's 1860 consensus entry indicating that she was a slave for life. Okay, this year, 47 states including New Jersey, will observe Juneteenth, also known as Freedom Day of Emancipation Day, as a state holiday, a holiday that commemorates when enslaved blacks in Galveston, Texas, learned that they were, in fact, freed by President Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation two and a half years earlier. The date was June 19th, 1865, Juneteenth, then is a holiday of celebration and mournful remembrance of deep injustice and loss, okay? Um, it reveals that the injustice of slavery and legal repression of African-American freedom extending beyond the 19th century. But we must remember that there were still enslaved black men and women in New Jersey even after Juneteenth. Imagine New Jersey's death grip on slavery, what um, death grip on slavery meant that until December 1865, six months after enslaved men, women, and children in Texas found out they were cheated of their freedom, approximately 16 African Americans were still technically enslaved in New Jersey. But why and how? While there were many black, mixed-race, and white people in New Jersey who fought against slavery, most legislators refused to condemn the institution. Profits from slaveholding organizations had built and maintained the state's major cities and regional centers like Newark and those in Bergen County. Lincoln's 1863 Emancipation Proclamation did not free enslaved African Americans in the northern states. It freed only those in mostly southern rebellious states. Two years later, New Jersey bitterly refused to ratify the 13th Amendment, the United States Constitutional Amendment that abolished slavery and involuntarily ser servitude across the country. This part, slavery's final legal death in New Jersey occurred on January 23rd, 1866. Let me repeat that. Slavery's final legal death in New Jersey occurred on January 23, 1866, when his first official act as governor, Marcus L. Ward of Newark, signed a state constitutional amendment that brought about an absolute end to slavery in the state. In other words, the institution of slavery in New Jersey survived for months following the Declaration of Freedom in Texas.
meaning slavery still exists today. They just put it on paper, okay, that it doesn't in 1866. So the legal death was, the last legal death was on January 23rd, 1866. All the deaths after that were just, were just illegal, you know? It's just, all the deaths after that were just illegal, basically. Now let's listen to Malcolm X and what he has to say about the constitutional rights are um, uh, the declaration about uh, the civil uh, civil rights movement um, after the Civil War. Let's hear what Malcolm X has to say, okay, in this interview done in 1963 at Berkeley. Let me, on the basis of your two remarks, ask uh, a double-pronged question. One, is it then your assertion that the laws with respect to how Negroes are supposed to have equal opportunity and equal rights in this country are not meaningful or believed by whites and secondly what is then is your opinion and attitude toward the civil rights movement in general and particularly uh the reverend martin luther king and his philosophy of nonviolent direct action if uh the white people really passed meaningful laws it would not be necessary to pass any more laws Woo! say that again Okay, did you guys hear that? Probably not, because it's not loud enough. I'm about to make it loud enough. Hold on. If uh, the white people really passed meaningful laws, it would not be necessary to pass any more laws. He said, if white people actually passed meaningful laws, it would not be necessary to pass any more laws. So... What I'm talking about during the Emancipation Proclamation and the 13th Amendment uh, and um, the presidents, all these presidents, they all wrote this, this law to protect them from black people or from us. They wrote these laws for us to save themselves, you know, not help anybody be free or liberated or give them equal rights or anything like that. And this is still going on today because all laws that get passed are only... Um, like related to them and their um them moving up it's not for another group so let's just listen to the rest of what malcolm x has to say there are already enough laws on the law books to protect an american citizen you only need uh, additional laws when you're dealing with someone who is not regarded as an American citizen. But whites are so hypocritical. They don't want to admit that this black man is not a citizen. Uh, so they classify him as a 
a second-class citizen to, uh, to get around uh, making him a real citizen. If he was a real citizen, you'd need no more laws. You'd need no civil rights legislation. Uh, civil rights, uh, when you have civil rights, you have citizenship. It's automatic. White people don't need laws to protect their citizenship because they're citizens. So it's just like, it's just like, how is it the, how is it good for um, any like colored person to have a law that why do you even have to make a law that frees you is what i'm trying to say is um why isn't there laws to not harm and not kill black people or not enslave people why aren't we making laws like that yet but we keep making laws to for like an imagination game of oh let we're we're going to free a, a a group of people that you know and you and you want to call it Juneteenth now like that's ridiculous to give somebody a holiday for their freedom it, 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 and um i guess there's there your some people some white people's dna just you know, you're incapable of taking accountability of things. And you don't, um, you don't fight racism with racism. That's not how, and, uh, how Islamic people do it. And that's not how, uh, color people do it. Asians do it. Uh, anybody who's not white, we don't fight racism with racism. You fight racism with, uh, taking accountability but they, want, they, uh, they don't want to tell us we're not citizens. And at the same time, they don't want to pass laws that are meaningful enough to protect us as if we were citizens. And the Supreme Court desegregation decision is the best example I know. That's a law. The, the Supreme Sup Court gave um, freedom to corporations and um, companies, not real people. They gave freedom, the 13th Am Amendment gave freedom to corporate um corporate uh lawyers not people ten years have gone by no no desegregated schools it hasn't been implemented beyond i think nine percent in ten years so this just shows you the hypocrisy of the american white man they talk out of both sides of their mouth and uh for this reason we who are muslims that is who believe in the religion of islam who believe in god we don't believe that black people will ever get any laws, get any problem with laws being passed or uh, new persons being put in office, uh, white liberals being put in office. There is nothing that the white man will ever do to bring about uh, true, sincere uh, citizenship or civil rights recognition for black people in this country. Nothing will they ever do. They will always talk it, but they won't practice it. And, and uh, with the Supreme Court, if the NAACP can tell me that they want a desegregation decision for me uh, 10 years ago, but yet the schools haven't been desegregated, as I say, this is a victory with no victory. Uh, it's a victory that you can talk about, but it's a victory you can't show me. So if you represent the NAACP and you are telling me about this great victory you won for me, when I look at you, I have to uh, conclude that either you have been duped yourself or else you are trying to dupe me. 
And in most instance, instances where the civil rights struggle is involved, there is no civil rights leader can point to me one concrete gain, practical gain, that black people have made in the civil rights field in this country, not only during the past 10 years, but during the past 100 years. Now, the other part was uh, with respect to Mr. King and the nonviolent direct action. Well, I will let uh, uh, Jimmy Baldwin and John Killen. James Baldwin. And Lou Lomax, the writers, answer that. Uh, James Baldwin is one of the most historic and um, greatest writers and journalists and um, uh, man that we've had um, in our time. Like uh, he's a real, he is a real true warrior alongside with Malcolm X and Khalid Muhammad. Uh, speaking right after these, this church was bombed in Birmingham. Christian church was bombed in Birmingham by Christians too, mind you. And these four little girls were murdered. Uh, John Killens and James Baldwin and uh, Lomax and the Negro writers and actors had a meeting at the town hall in New York. And Killen pointed out concerning these murders of these little girls, said the killings had raised doubts about the intelligence of the nonviolent uh, of nonviolence in the civil rights struggle. He went on to declare that he could no longer be asked to love those who persecuted and killed Negroes. He also, uh, and the writer, uh, Mr. Handler, who's, who's uh, describing this, said that Killens, it was not clear concerning Killens' remarks to his audience that he was breaking with the, it was clear, rather. To okay, so by any means necessary, I realize why today's an important day, because not only is it a solar eclipse on 420 it's like a month away from malcolm x's birthday or malcolm x day you know we're gonna claim it as malcolm x day and um remember him on that day um whether people want us to or don't want us to and uh why is all of this important um, to me? Because, um, you know, 1963, when he, uh, Malcolm X made that, um, the speech that we were just listening to in 1963 is when my mother was born. Um, also, it was when Je uh, John F. Kennedy um, was killed and a lot of things were changed and, um, um, you know, in 1959, the Antarctic Treaty was written. Um, so all this stuff was happening not too far back from today. So let me talk about Islam and religion for a little bit. Islam is a religion of truth, okay? And what I mean by that is it doesn't glorify the lies like in other religions is um or it doesn't glorify our ancestors um as they do in buddhism hinduism and christianity um and worship our ancestors more than our creator that's why it's considered a monotheistic religion in a way and when i say it's truth it's because in 
the Quran, they don't say Muhammad is the son of God. It specifically says Muhammad is the servant of God. And then uh, it also says, hold on. Okay, in the Darud Sharif, which is one of the most important surahs in, uh, with the Al-Fatiha and the Aithul Kursi, um, the Darud Sharif says, uh, translated to, O Allah, exalt Muhammad and the followers of Muhammad as thou did exalt Ibrahim and his followers, though art that praise the glorious. I'll repeat it. O Allah, exalt Muhammad and the followers of Muhammad as thou did exalt Ibrahim and his followers. Thou art thy praised the glorious. I'm going to repeat it one more time, but um, this is saying, think about the three monotheistic religions um, from Judaism, Christianity to um, Islam. Or the Abrahamic religions, I would say. Um, it, we're taught that uh, Muhammad is the servant of God, while Jesus is the son of God by Jews who are playing the God. So, um, this surah, the Darud Sharif, is all it's saying is... Um, the bloodline of Muhammad and his followers, his bloodline, let him live in this world freely as Ibrahim and his followers are able to. So as Ibrahim and his followers are able to roam earth freely and be here, um, you know, like this is their land, let Muhammad be free on this land as well and his followers. Let them not be servants you, yeah, of God. You understand? That's all this is saying. And there's truth in that. So, like, you know, that we're not... We're not... Uh, glorifying his... Um, his name and stuff like that. So, if, if everything is looked at in religion as an allegory... Um, the, there's something to the allegory, you know? See, in religion, Islam uh, knows that this truth sets you free, so it, do it doesn't lie to its followers, you know? It just tells its followers it is how it is, what it is. There is something to that old saying that hate injures the hater, not the hated. Okay, so uh, we just, we are going through a uh, solar eclipse. Today the moon is in Taurus. And I think we had a new moon in Aries. So, um, and then we have a lunar eclipse coming up on May 5th in Scorpio. And um, the sun is now in Taurus. It was in Aries and it makes that transition today. And if we think about the solar and the lunar eclipse coming 
um, around, it's when the sun and the moon, like, meet each other. So it's like the feminine and the masculine uh, meeting in the middle. So, um, you know, and then um, there's a retrograde, a Mercury retrograde uh, coming up as well. Um, hold on. Yeah, Mercury retrograde coming up in Taurus and on starts on Friday. And uh, Mars moved out of Gemini on March 25th. So it's going, Mars is going to be in Cancer for a month. And that's like dealing with feminine uh, moon energy as well. Mercury is in Taurus for three weeks. And Venus is in Gemini for two weeks. Pluto's in Aquarius. Okay, so that's that for your astrology report. And Ramadan's about to end, and Eid is going to be coming up as well. And Ramadan in Islam is when uh, Prophet Muhammad got his uh, revelations from Angel Gabriel in that month. So even Angel Gabriel is looked at as a man um, in these scriptures. Like in Islam, the Quran doesn't really speak on like genders of the angels and and um, all that. So it's like it's all the prophets are man. We never learn about the woman that um came you know like the men came out of the woman we never learn about the woman that the man came out of so that is you know something that islam could uh you know do a better job um in you know, um, in Islam, like, it is, like, womb, womb worship and goddess worship and triple goddess worship and, um, you know, like, um, it goes back to, like, ancient times, Mesopotamian times and Babylonian times. Egyptian, ancient Egyptian times, you know, so it has, like, really deep roots, um, like, um, uh, the three goddesses, like, Uzma, Manat, and, uh, I don't know, Ishar. Um, there's uh, Lilith. There's a lot of goddesses, and um, these could be um, mytho myth 
mythology um names or whatever but uh if it's all an allegory to something that's um still um relevant today i guess so could be um that um yeah um the fact that <clears throat> um pale women are allowed to you know um speak their mind and their hearts about angels and their divine um messages from the other side like and you know profit from it you know for and then brown women and are like locked up and put away and given mental illnesses and names and you know just taken out of, out of the system and thrown to the side like and this is happening to men you know black men brown women black brown men and you're just like a number and um it's like we have spiritual uh awakenings and gifts and um interferences spiritual interferences that occur they're not um mental illnesses uh, it's mental it's spiritual interferences is a war on consciousness so why are um brown women treated way differently and and pale women are the ones who are like you know giving giving us like our healing techniques back to us which is, is ridiculous so this is like my whole point of making this episode i mean it's it's gonna be um sh sh short i guess but um, it needs to be, you know, I need to be, um, say it because it's, like, um, things that have been, like, um, when you have something to really say, like, uh, people attack your throat chakra, I don't know, I mean, I feel like my, my dad's throat chakra got, you know, attacked he got throat cancer and that's where the 144 axionic cells are located in your thyroid gland some a lot of healing hormones in your throat supposedly and you can't always listen to your heart and follow your heart your heart my heart like stupid you gotta go with your gut instincts your instincts or your instu intuitions we could do a better job at empowering each other versus 
practicing violence on each other. The true currency on this earth is not money, it's our energy. And there's a spiritual law that we all have or had before we before there was ever, you know, a real of uh, these laws that are made man-made. Now transgender and pedophile made. Another thing I do want to mention or read really quick is this, the awakening of indigo. For each of the indigo generations, the process of awakening begins around the age of 28 to 29 years and lasts about seven and a half years. The dark night of the soul is a period that can be particularly difficult because it is the final return of the indigo person to their mission in this life. This period is full. Okay, so that's part then there is a thing called silent generation the style of parenting known to the silence and the generations before them originated in the late 1800s representatives of this was the idea that children should be seen but not heard these ideas were ultimately challenged following the 1946 publication of the book, The Common Sense Book of Baby and Child Care by Benjamin Spoke, which influenced some boomers' views on parenting and family values. Heavy industry had been troubled in the UK throughout the 1960s. This combined with the global energy crisis and influx of cheap goods from Asia led to a rapid industrial deindustrialization by the mid 1970s new jobs were either low wage or too high skilled for those laid off the situation led to significant political instability and industri- industrial unrest causing a great deal of frustration and inconvenience to inconvenience to the general public Um, children were instrumental in bringing about the counterculture of the 1960s and the rise of the left-wing liberal views considering anti-establishment, which went directly against the work-within-the-system approach that many silents had practiced. Gen- Generation X children grew up in the 1970s and 1980s with the threat of nuclear war hanging over them and result and bleak view of the future. Okay. So, some things to look into. The Omega generation, the Alpha generation, is uh, children born in the period between 1958 and 1968. According to the period of the waking of the Alpha Generation was from 1986 until 1996. Their aura was seen as dark blue and green. Alright, 
so I'm part of that alpha generation, I think. Um, Omega generation are children born between 1998 and 2008 belong to the so-called Omega Indigo children generation. Supposedly, this is the last pure Indigo generation. And you guys will experience the dark night of the soul until 2036. If we all still are here that alright so that's the end of the episode thank you for listening much happy healing and um great day to you all thank you for listening peace love and wisdom truth Hertz Radio, Phoenix, one.